2 of August. My name is Kevin Vargo, host and founder of the Mid Park Music Podcast, and today is the 10th of August, episode 59, and we are here today with Kenzie of Hello Luna. Uh, Kenzie also has her own side project we'll talk about a little bit as well, but of course mainly talking about Hello Luna today uh, and Kenzie's just entire story and kind of how she became the musician and person that she is today, and uh, we'll get into all of that in just a moment. I hope everybody is doing swell out there uh, as we roll through October, and uh, I think I mentioned this last week too, man. School starts already. Like, what in the hell? I mean, not for me, obviously. I'm 30 years old, but Jesus. Um, I'm thinking, you know, my mom works in the school. She's going back to work on uh, this Monday coming up. You know, it's nuts. Um, so I hope everybody's doing well, enjoying the winding days of summer. Um, and yeah, not a whole lot to go over as far as the Mid Park stuff today. Um, you know the usual. Make sure you check out the song summaries up there. They uh, just got to another because, uh, of course, Hello Luna, Kenzie, her her band uh, is out of Columbus, Ohio, uh, had another song summary that I just recently did uh, of a re- another band from Columbus and Faith in Failure. So make sure you check that out. Um, also just recently did an album appreciation. Make sure you check that out as well on midpark.com. Of course, the playlists, the uh, all the blogs, all that good stuff. And uh, one thing I did want to note as well for those of you, um, you know, listening in, you might be in Columbus, you might be in Cleveland, Ohio, likely, um, and, and lots of other places as well. But um, those of you listening, make sure you check out today actually out uh, is um, August 10th, the ACDC covers collab album from uh cleveland versus which has a number there are two different volumes there's a number of different artists on it but it is in uh support of human trafficking um and <laughs> jesus that was the worst wording ever it is not in support of human trafficking it is in you know support of awareness and such for human trafficking um but make sure you check that out um essentially every band um that is on there did a different cover for a, an acdc song that they chose um it's really cool i listened to a, a majority of that album already and i'm really impressed and um yeah just uh, shout out to cleveland verses for that so and all of the bands are from um i, I think from cleveland or northeast ohio area could be wrong correct me if I, if I am if you're listening but um yeah that's that of course now let's get to the main topic today which is kenzie of hello luna um the song that you heard there at the beginning uh, that was just a little bit of mind games so mind games actually has a music video uh, make sure you check that music video out as well that is of course on youtube that you can see um, but mind games um, was released as a single back in january and then of course as a part of the into static album uh, that was released this year as well um let's go ahead and listen to that full song what we'll do um so and uh, then we'll come back and we'll go over a few more things that will lead us into the full conversation with kenzie um as always i noted every time thank you so much for your support for listening in i uh, wouldn't be anything without you um you know the whole community online uh across the local music platform or the local music uh scenes throughout north america and such and just uh continuing to grow together and it's been a great thing and just uh, appreciate everybody for listening and i know that kenzie does and hello luna and and uh they are very appreciative of all of you that uh, are chiming in today as well and and whenever you you decide to listen to the podcast but uh, i'm gonna stop rambling on like i said we're gonna go ahead and listen to mind games by hello luna we'll listen to the full song and then we will be back uh, just to go over a few more things that we need. I'm a stuck as the room and I feel alive I can't help but I feel I know I say it all the time We're here to feel I am trapped in that cage My words, they can't hear me as I wash you just away I'm 
super killer, uh, just alternative hard rock there um, that is right on par with, um, you know, in terms of quality, in terms of precision. And, and a lot of that is reflected in how hard that Kenzie works and how much she's put into this. And, um, you know, you'll hear her talk all about that. But, um, you know, in terms of female-led rock bands here in Northeast Ohio, um, you know, pure rock bands, uh, two specifically come to mind, and one from Columbus, and that's Hello Luna, and one from Cleveland, and that's Truss. Um, you know, and I, I'm pretty close with Truss and, and had them on the podcast before, and super happy to have Kenzie and Hello Luna on here today, and um, really, really excited to see um, just where these bands continue to grow, and, and there's lots of good things around the corner, that's for sure. Um, you know, speaking of Kenzie and just, you know, what she's put into this, you're going to hear her talk a lot about, you know, in depth and, and just... I appreciate her for her openness and telling, you know, her, her whole story about her life. And she's been through a lot. Um, and you'll hear her, you know, talk about her father and, um, you know, a, a lot of strife in her life that, that happened and, and how great of a relationship that she has with her mother. And, um, it's, uh, it's really, you know, a great thing to hear, you know, it's, it's not something that you ever want anybody to go through, but when you hear her perspective on it now, of course, and, you know, the way that she's been able to grow from it and, and, you know, gain, uh, yeah, perspective. I think I've said that word a few times already, but, um, that's what life's about. Um, and, and, you know, I always mention that I hope that, you know, those of you listening, you can get something from the podcast and there's no doubt, uh, that from this conversation here with Kenzie, that you will, uh, absolutely get something from. So one of the things also that, uh, before we get into it, that you'll hear her talk about is her side, uh, solo project, which is Kinney. Um, so, for the first time ever in Mid Park Podcast History, we're going to listen to two songs that are going to take us into, uh, so back-to-back, uh, that'll take us into the conversation. Uh, so the two songs that we're going to listen to are, the first one is going to be by Hello Luna, and that is going to be another song off of the uh, Into Static album, which was released, like I said, in January of this year, and that's going to be Lost and Found, uh, a really good song. It is in the middle of the album there. It wasn't uh, released as a single or anything. Got to kind of find it, and uh, I really enjoy this one. Um, and then we're also going to listen to Big Teeth by Kinney. That'll be the second song that we're going to listen to. Uh, so those two things back to back, but uh, this will give you a good perspective, um, you know, of Kenzie's talent, both, you know, with Hello Luna, with Kinney, uh, and, and just kind of hearing what she has going on all around before we head into the full conversation. And as always, as I mentioned before, as I mentioned in every episode, I'll never stop saying it until I'm blue in the fucking face. Thank you so much for your always, uh, always for your support, uh, would not be anything without the people that are coming in. Um, this is a, you know, naturally grown platform, just like a band that started from scratch and, uh, things continue to just grow and, 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 uh, I'm just very thankful for that. You know, I will never, uh, never stop mentioning it. So that's that. I'm stopping being cheesy. We're going to go ahead and listen to the reason that you are here today, which is Kenzie uh, of Hello Luna. And like I said, her side solo project, Kenny, um, we're going to listen to both of these songs here. Again, back-to-back. First one's going to be Hello Luna, Lost and Found. Next one will be Big Teeth by Kenny. And then that will lead us into the conversation. And we will be back afterwards just to wrap it up with a few more words. Thank you, as always, for tuning in.
too late for some I cannot educate them Over the world, deathly scars are marching with the city girls Coming for the show until they wanna be the one that fell Wash my hands and I'm All right, here we go. Excited for this one. Very pumped for this one. Been uh, watching this band for a long time from afar. I've got Kenzie of the band Hello Luna from Columbus, Ohio with me. Welcome in, Kenzie. Hey, thanks for having me. Of course, of course. Um, lots of things to talk about. I got a whole list of questions here. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> one place I, I love to start always um, and you know i think is very relevant i've had a few people on from columbus now at this point um you know i'm in ohio always love being able to promote ohio artists bands any way i can so that's that um but in the sense of columbus um how's the music scene there what's going on there what would you say about the columbus ohio indie rock scene the columbus ohio indie rock scene um it's fluctuating at this point. A lot of the bands um, that I kind of started out with have kind of dropped off. COVID took a huge hit to yep. local bands. Um, but the bands that have stuck with it, um, they've been able to adapt and change. The A lot of them are kind of moving on to bigger and better things. And it's kind of sad for the local scene because they're kind of moving beyond local um but i mean columbus as a whole has such amazing structure to support not only musicians but artists in general um they've like the columbus arts council gives out grants which has helped my bands helped my friends bands um and we even have a music commission which still trying to figure out what they're doing around their second year um, they put on events um, to connect artists and to bring people in um, from the industry to kind of give give musicians kind of like an insight, um, kind of like panel discussions, you know, like you see at South by Southwest. They'll hold those. We used to do them every Monday. I don't know what the commission is doing now. But, I mean, it's a great spot, um, especially for up-and-coming artists. There's so many venues. I mean, even COVID took out a couple of them. But if you're just starting out, we have cafes, we have open mics, we have mid-sized venues, we have the bigger venues, we have Promo West, we have Celebrity, et cetera. 
we're really lucky here. We, and I think a lot of musicians don't understand how lucky we are. Um, yeah. But I mean, I, I have a lot of great things to say about it. Plus we got an alternative rock station that's locally owned and operated 92.9, yep. who has literally made my band what they are today. Um, so it's pretty great. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> yeah, awesome. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, no, it's, that's very good insight. And I think it's, it's good to hear from you because you're somebody, you know, a lot of the bands I talk with, um, they were either like just getting their start or maybe even COVID kind of launched them into their start. Um, mm, you've got, yeah. you've got that perspective where, you know, you were, you were around before, you know, you guys were established before COVID and then mm-hmm. COVID came around. And so you're kind of able to see both sides of it. And, um, What's your favorite venue in Columbus? Ooh, favorite venue. Um, probably um, the basement. Promo us the basement. Okay. Not for any reason other than it's just like where we've had high moments as a band where we sold out our first show. It's nice. where we had our first release show. I mean, for that reason, there's like a major nostalgic value. Uh, the sound's not great. The lighting is horrible. Like, it's not a great venue as far as, like, practicality. Um, but, like, when I was growing up, that's where I went to see, like, the underground artists and mm-hmm. some of my favorite experiences. There's no light show. There's no nothing. There's no frills. It is just a dark basement that's a nice, you know, a nice venue owned by one of the biggest production companies in Columbus. Yeah. Um, and it's it's like 300 cap and the pit is super small so it's easy to fill so the whole room looks super full um and i would say yeah that that's the basement is probably my favorite good to know now i'm always curious just kind of see what people come up with the sentiment you know sentimental things mm-hmm. mean a lot um mm-hmm very i'm sure you know as you continue to grow you always remember that place um you know like i said you guys have been around um i think it's a good little transition to go into your music a little bit um you had a debut single all the way back in 2016 which we don't have to talk Mm -hmm. about you know you can mention it if you want but um i think it's just you know worth noting because that's um what already six plus years. And I think you mentioned off the recording that you guys might even had some stuff going on before that. Um, I say all this ultimately to come to what is hello Luna? Who is hello Luna? You know, over the last six, seven, eight years, I'm sure you've had some time to really, you know, refine that and, and, you know, know what that answer is. You know, what would you say? Hello Luna sound has become. Yeah. So, um, our mission, my mission statement for the band is bringing light and darkness. So like the name is Hello Luna. So Luna stands for the moon. And um, it always shocks me how many people don't know that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I know Luna. The, yeah, um, Luna is, yeah, it's the moon. Um, which like makes me wish that I would have used more cheesy like moon kind of graphics within mm-hmm. like our band. I was always too afraid to do it, but then I found out no one even knows what it means. Anyways, um it's all right. hey, so you know you know it. That's all that matters. Exactly. No, it's just funny. So um yeah, <clears throat> the whole idea of the name and the whole idea of my 
my band, Hello Luna, is to bring light in the darkness. And kind of the whole concept is I used to, when I was like younger, I was kind of searching for meaning. And I always like, I would go to this place by my house and it's kind of like up on a hilltop. And I would just stare at the stars, stare at the moon. And as cheesy as that sounds, there's something to it. It like just really grounded me. Um, and it just kind of made me feel like, you know, I need to pursue what I believe is like my mission. You know, it was kind of like this larger than life, you know, staring at the moon. Sure. Um, so bringing light in the darkness is really just for people who are struggling, people who are dealing with trauma. And myself, I speak a lot about PTSD. I speak a lot about um, my troubles and what my music is about and things like that. And the whole point of my music is to really create a space where we're talking about meaningful things, um, which I've talked a lot about my dad going to prison, my PTSD, abuse as a child, like these topics that generally are not as discussed um, and kind of have a lot of stigmas around them. And I've created Hello Luna. Um, it's really evolved for the purpose of giving a voice to people who don't have a voice. Um, you know, that's, that's where my passion is. That's where like my care is. And kind of circling back to our first single, um, Sound and Sorrow. Yeah. Like when we first put that out, that was like, I had no idea what I was doing. And if it weren't for that song, I would not be doing music today. Um, like, I think things would have fizzled out, but that song just hits so hard um, with people. And I mean, we sold out our first release show. And from that point on, I was like, I guess I can do this. I guess I never like thought I would do this. The band really never started out as like, I'm gonna, you know, do this as a career. Um, but here I am, you know, because I just, I just tried, <laughs> I just tried really hard and mm -hmm. I found the right group of people to support me through it. Um, so yeah. Well, I'll be damned. That's good <laughs> stuff. Um, so many things, so many thoughts come to me there. Um, appreciate you sharing that for one, you know, I, I think, oh, absolutely. You know, when I reached out to you about coming on the podcast, I, I told you, I think that you and I have some glaring similarities in kind of the way that we go about things. And and I had, you know, I don't, I don't know everything, you know, I've seen some of your posts and whatnot, but I've seen you talk about your dad, you know, in your past and, and you know, kind of what, you know, influences you and just the idea of being 100% vulnerable and talking about things that aren't always talked about that's where i'm coming from you know i don't have that connection you know that i mean my dad is the inspiration for this entire brand uh mid park was yeah. you know started because my dad passed away and and um mm -hmm. but you know even in the sense of i mean there's there's just so many similarities um you know and and wanting to talk about things you know 
that aren't talked about, like you said, like I, I just literally two days ago on my Instagram went on this long, basically gave a TED talk on my Instagram story about how I got a DUI in December this past year, got in a car accident because mm-hmm. I was drunk driving, changed yeah. my life, almost died. Um, yeah. And I want people to know that, not because I want attention, yeah. because I want sympathy, pity. I want people to never fucking do the same thing. I want, I want to be able to help, you know, and, and, um, that's, this isn't about me. It's about you. All I say that, you know, is just yeah, but it's, come around and I feel you. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, when I open up about my story, the intention of doing that, like you said, my biggest fear when I went to share like everything from my past was, Oh my gosh, people are going to think that I just want pity. People are going to think that I just want attention. And the reality is, is it's creating a platform for other people to feel comfortable to share their intimate things, to be able to talk about the things that really matter to them, whether it's, you know, death, whether it's trauma, whether it's something, some, some type of thing that's happened to you. I mean, we have to be able to create space and that's, you know, like me sharing my story and you sharing your story, like the fact that people are able to connect to that period is what matters, you know? Oh, yeah. And that's, that's my whole point. That's your whole point of sharing. And it's important. And it's, it's really like, imagine if you had just got that DUI and somebody that you followed was sharing their story. Like it's helpful. Yep. Oh my <laughs> you want to hear it. Like, there are so many people that it really does help five to 10 people at least the other day responded to my story and were like, thank you. You know, like, and again, I, like I don't do it for the gratification of somebody telling me, thank you. You know, it's, I mean, when somebody says, thank you, I love it. Not because it makes, you know, makes my ego jump. It, it makes me know, like it resonated with them and yeah. you know, they're, they're not going to make that same mistake that I did. Cause it was horrible. And I don't want anybody to have to go through that. Um, yeah. But yeah. I want to, you know, just flat out give you an opportunity to, you know, say whatever it is about your story. I know you've talked about it on your social media and whatnot, and you can say what, you know, as little or as much as you want, um, you know, and kind of where all that influence comes from with your dad and whatnot. But yeah, whatever you're willing to share. Absolutely. Um, I think last week I was just on an episode and we ended up getting so into it that we put um, child abuse helplines at the bottom of the episode. Mm -hmm. Um, I was on the Cat Club podcast and Rick had linked the messages or the links to the actual websites on the bottom. So that's how far we got into it. Um, But yeah, I mean, kind of just a brief overview, like So when I first started the band, um, I was writing from a place that I wasn't really, like a lot of my songs were like unexplained to me. Like they were just very much like feelings and emotions kind of stirred up in a pot. And like, I created like kind of poetry, but it wasn't necessarily like stories. And the interesting thing that happened is the more that I was talking about my music, when I put out Dear Demons, um, that was after my dad had went to prison. So when I wrote Ghost of You, which was my first EP, um, none of those things had happened. And I had not really processed any of my abuse from my past. I grew up in a very abusive home. Um, People really didn't, like, child abuse services were called in. 
but there was a stigma attached to me um, because my dad was a doctor um, and because I came from money. Um, and so when I would try to like reach out for help about my abuse, people just thought I wanted attention mm-hmm. and they didn't realize that, you know, my dad had been shooting steroids his entire life. Like he had roid rage. Like there was a lot of like obvious things that were happening that just were going undiscussed. Um, my neighbor was a psychologist and after we had left the house, um, she actually reached out and was like, I heard the abuse and by law, I was supposed to report it and I didn't. And she came clean. Um, but my entire life is, I was living in somewhat of a prison. Um, and at the age of 10, um, my mom ended up moving out and we moved into a tiny apartment and you know, that, that was that my dad took the house, he took everything and I started a completely new life. Um, is it just you, any, any siblings or anything? I have a sister. Uh, she (laughs) She's not as open about the abuse, um, so I just try to keep her out of it. I love her to death. She's doing amazing things in LA. She has worked for Cartoon Network. She, cool. she's, she's incredible, but she very much does not want to be perceived. She does not want to kinda, be seen. So. Kind of same with my <laughs> brother, the exact honestly. opposite. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, honestly, I'm, I'm um, very open with things. And then there's my brother who's like, he's married, got a kid, he's in the medical field. Got a job, just kind of wants to just you know keep it, and that's fine. I you know I love him to death, like you said, but exactly okay, cool. Just wanted to yeah touch on totally. That. Yeah, she's she's awesome. She's married, she's living life out in LA. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, so that was kind of my childhood. Was just this crazy situation and lots and lots of trauma. Um, but as I got older, um because I wasn't able to discuss these things, um, I started under, you know, all of, I was going through the growth, which is you had trauma at a young age, then you grow up, you never talk about it, and your body kind of builds calluses to that, which basically is like, you don't process any of it, it's gonna come back up. Um, And that's what I always try to emphasize with people is like, because my dad went to prison, I'm able to talk about my abuse. Most, a lot of victims are not safe to talk about their abuse. Um, so what happens is they create like this shell around them, but eventually that shell cracks. And that's, that's what I'm here to talk about because my shell cracked and it blew up my entire life. <laughs> so when I wrote my first EP, there were definitely um, aspects of like my trauma that were coming out, but not really vivid to me. When I booked my show at the basement, the venue I was just talking about, um, never ever thought I would sell it out. In that time frame of booking my show, in the actual show, my dad had um been convicted and his trial was all over the news um so i actually took the tv from my kitchen and put it in the trash can because every time i would turn on that tv there he was there was my childhood home there were childhood pictures just all over the news and all of a sudden i had to relive all of this trauma 
that I had thrown away, basically been denying myself. Basic, it just it all. What was he convicted back. for? Um, I don't go into that just because this is very triggering. Sure, um, sure, got it. Let's just say it's these people have a special place in the prison system. Yeah, they can't go to Gen Pop. So you have no I, hard feelings, do you? Oh, I mean, I didn't send him to prison. Yeah. He sent, he sent himself to prison. And a lot of times when I talk about this, people think I'm, like, unempathetic no. of, of him. And it's like, you have no idea tears I cry. You have no idea, like, calling up the prison when he first went in, feeling like it was my job to help him. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that my dad said to me when I called him in prison when he was sentenced um, was the only reason I haven't killed myself is because of you. So this is the type of manipulation that we're talking about. Um, And it's not that I hate him. He's just a dangerous person. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's so difficult to discuss because the hardest thing for me to process was the fact that I wasn't able to have a dad. I had to protect myself from my own father. And I think everybody really romanticizes like, oh, well, like you guys can rekindle a relationship. And I don't go into the um, details of my abuse because I don't think it's necessary. Um, It kind of turns into like a Hallmark special where you're being entertained more than you're connecting to it. You know what I'm saying? There's like specific groups. Like if I'm, if I'm talking to a recovery group, I'll, I'll go into that. But if I'm just talking like regular, like we, you and I are about my music, like I don't go into all that, but that to be said, like, this is one of those circumstances where like for my own safety, I do not stay in touch with him. And since he has been sentenced to prison, he has not reached out to me one time. So that's that we had a relationship now we don't and you know i'm a christian i believe in forgiveness i have forgiven my father but forgiveness is not redemption not 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 this time um the things that he's been convicted of are things that just are the tip of the iceberg i've experienced much more with him and you know for that reason it's it's a really tricky thing to talk about because I care about family so much. I mean, <laughs> my family crest tattooed on my arm from my mm-hmm. mom's side. Um, I changed my name to my mom's maiden name, and that's who I go by now. And it's not about bitterness. It's my music is not about bitterness. It's I mean, the closest thing that I think I can connect it to is if you have a bad breakup with somebody, you're not going to keep in touch. You know what I mean? And I realize he's. Oh, I do, because I had I had a bad breakup. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's a very watered down version of like what I'm talking about. Family, you know, is Mm -hmm. so much bigger than that. Um. But when you're manipulated and you go through, you know, a lot of abuse, you eventually come to a point where you realize who somebody is and you can't play the victim forever. And it was my decision. 
and my decision alone to stop talking to him. Everybody else tried to encourage me to continue to have a relationship until he was sentenced. Then he was the worst person in the world and everyone wanted to kill him. But before that, it was like, why don't you have a relationship with your father? And once his convictions came out, um, that's when everybody was looking at me like, why would you reach out to him? Why would you try to talk to him? It was such a confusing place for me. Um, but yeah, when I, when I wrote Dear Demons, which was my second EP, um, that's when I was living through um, the actual trial, the actual events of um, trying to navigate what had happened to me at a young age, um, the abuse that I had experienced. All of a sudden, now it's all coming back. And it, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Luckily, I was able to, um, to find people to open up to who could actually understand those people were outside of my family. That's another thing about trauma. You know, a lot of times the only people you open up to are family, but it's important to find somebody outside of the circle who can mm -hmm. really take a look. And that's when it's like, okay, this is a lot bigger than I thought it was. Okay. This is, you know, this is something I really need to work on. Yep. Um, and then I had to take the responsibility for who I was becoming because of that trauma. Um, and I think that the latest album is very much that. Um, I went through a phase where I was pretty reckless and I was drinking and I was smoking. Um, I basically dealt with everything with weed, which is what I had done for most of my life. Um, and I finally came to a point where I realized somebody around me who was very close to me um, got a DUI. And I realized if I didn't get my crap together, that was going to be me. Um, and it took me a really long time to get there. Um, How old are you? I'm 28. Okay. Um, and I realized, like, if you're around active drinkers, if you're around kind of like a party crew, chances are you're not the heaviest drinker. But if you put that into context with like a normal, you know, sociably drinking person, right? you realize you have a problem. And that that's where I had kind of gotten. Like, especially being in your young 20s, it's like, you know, whatever. If you you get drunk, who cares? Um, but for me and what I was pursuing and what my passions were and the things that I stood for, living that kind of lifestyle was not what I was trying to project. It wasn't reaching the people that I cared about. And eventually like I got to a point where I had to cut out weed entirely. I mean, that that is where I just kind of like lost myself. And now with drinking, I mean, I have to really make sure, like, if I go out, I tell myself how many drinks I'm going to have that night. Um, and it's a strong oh, three drink limit. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, um, ever since my accident, I'm the same way. Trust me. Yep. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm really blessed to be able to have the self-control to be able to do that. I know a lot of people who aren't, and I respect people if they, if they are sober. Um, I mean, I think... I definitely could see myself getting to that point. Um, but 
yeah, I decided to take control of my drinking. But like in the album, like songs like Never Enough, songs like Bliss, they're really about like kind of that party phase. Um, like Bliss especially um, is a song that's like really near and dear to me. I think it's the second song on the album. It's yeah, it's the second song in the album. And it's basically talking about how I thought that I was like masking myself. Like they, mm-hmm. there's like a term um called masking, which is basically like pretending to be okay. Yep. Um and alcohol and weed were definitely that mask for me. I mean, I was the Every, fun trust one, me, I was it, the crazy one. Yeah. Everything that you are saying, like if I know I you you probably haven't, you know, followed and which is okay. I mean, but I'm sure there are some people who've listened, you know, to a few of these episodes and been following me for a while. Uh, I very much the same way. So, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I got to a point where I was like, this isn't me. And it was very much like a, a coming to Jesus moment where I was like, I'm ready to off myself. Mm -hmm. So I can either do that or I can actually you know be true to myself and live this life if i if i actually proclaim myself to be a christian maybe this is why it's not working because i'm not living my life in a way that reflects that um so eventually i did i cut off a relationship that i was in um of four years i cut out we i cut out alcohol for an extended period of time which anybody is kind of like unsure cut it out for like a month mm-hmm. and see because once you do that it's a lot easier to have self-control <laughs> i did it so after yeah. my accident um i did not drink for 107 days i oh, after nice. like like the first day or two i was like i'm never drinking again i'll never do it yeah. again and then i was like okay be realistic yeah um but i went 107 days without it and mm-hmm. like now i tell myself every t- like i'm drinking right now um but like, yeah. it's just totally different. Like, I, like, one, oh, my, I don't know how to explain it. Like, once that happened, I just have, I'll never let myself get to that. Um, I don't mean to cut you off, though. No, not at all. Not at all. I mean, we're talking about the same things here. I mean, I, like, the first time that I went sober, I went for the season of Lent, which is roughly around, like, three months, and yep. I cut out everything. And... I had learned in that period, oh my gosh, this is the most sober I've been probably since before high school. Um, And that was like a really big, like, holy crap. Because I was never like the stoner. I was never the heavy drinker. But I realized how much these things had kind of clung on in my life. Like, yeah, I wasn't the stoner. I wouldn't necessarily smoke every day. But like, I smoked when I wanted to. Um, Which was, you know, a couple times a week. Uh, I would drink a couple times a week. And mm-hmm. when I had taken this break, um, taken, for lack of a better term, a sober look at my life, I realized I didn't even know who I'd become. Like, this this wasn't me. This was an authentic me. This was this used to be fun, but now it's not anymore. Now, you know, I would go out and I would, like, my perfect phase was like, getting, like, a little bit of a buzz on and then getting super high. And I was like my favorite version of myself. And then I realized like, if this is your favorite version of yourself, like what have you done? 
what have you done um and you know i i finally got to that point you know when i sobered up where i was like do the hard thing you're already suffering i was going through like i said all of that pain from my past and you know a lot of times when i would smoke it would get worse I would be reliving events that would happen. And I finally got to the point where I was like, what the hell am I doing? Why am I putting myself through this? And then drinking was like the self-pity. Felt bad for myself. Like I felt so, I felt like I was the loneliest loser in the world at the end of the night. Um, and so when I was writing the album, it was funny because it was kind of a cross. Half of the album was written not sober. And half of the album was written as I was getting sober. And half of the album was before I came to this come to Jesus moment. The other half was when I had. And it's funny because like the songs, like that time in my life is so blurry because like PTSD and everything, it really, the timeline gets super confused. Um, but I see aspects of it all inside of the album, like Into Static, which is our title track. Um, I, I definitely wrote that right after I made the decision to get clean. Um, and what the song is about is about entering into the space. Like one of my favorite parts of like getting, um, you know, high or you know, drinking is the fact that like, I was kind of going into the space where like anything can happen. Um, like exiting my reality and entering into this crazier place. And when I decided to get sober, it was a similar experience. It was like, I don't know what's on the other side of this. Um, it's going to be a hell of a lot harder than picking up a drink or a joint. But I know that if I put in the hard work, this is going to yield more of a reward than if I were to just continue in this lifestyle. So into static is about walking into the unknown. It's about giving up on a life that just stopped working. Because, I mean, I really got to the point where I became suicidal. And that's the point where I was like, I need to change. I need to change. Because when your insides are, like, shaking and you're feeling anxiety and fear and all these things, it's so much easier to make the hard decisions. People think it's harder. Like, they, like, why would you end a relationship when your dad's on trial? And it's like, why not? Like, things can only get so hard. And eventually your body goes numb. That's where I got. Things were just so hard that I was like, screw it. Like, let's see how far I can take this. I mean, because I am as extreme as I am, I mean, that's why I drank and smoked as much as I did. I was really like, let's do it with life. Let's see how many things I can just dismantle in my own life for the sake of good. I've done it for bad for how many years? Let's try it for good. Let's just be recklessly like in charge. <laughs> Let's just be like insanely good. And that's what I did. Like I went from one side of the spectrum to the other, like chaotic good. That's what I decided to do. And that's what half the album is about. It's about just two sides of the extreme. Wow. So first off, thank you um, for sharing all of that. No, I mean, I, I mean it. I know that it's, 
you know, I know you've done it a lot. And, and at this point, you know, it might not seem um, as special to let that out, you know, since right, you've done it right. as many times, but uh, it is, you know, for those that might be hearing it for the first time and I appreciate it. Um, I just, I got lots of things written down here, you know, off of what you just said. Um, my dad, I, I think, I think one thing that you should be very proud of yourself is, you know, m making it out of that abuse and, um, you know, all the things in between you made it out and, um, ultimately in the end of the day, used it as a good thing and to grow and, and make this band and learn more about yourself and you know there are so many things um you know my dad uh was in a situation where his dad was a major alcoholic beat the shit out of them every day when he was a kid um his stepfather that so my dad's dad died at like when my dad was like 10 in a drunk driving accident caused by himself um and then his uh stepfather sexually assaulted his sister um she ran away they never found her all i say is like this is and, and my dad never got over that stuff that that yeah. hindered yeah. his entire life right. and from the moment that he was born until the moment that my father passed away uh he let his entire childhood full of abuse ruin his life and i don't fault him for that because i know how hard it is um right you know those right. those those things are i mean it's hard um yeah but you you know you you made something of it and and it's uh yeah you should be proud of that um there's yeah just so many things uh, that I think people can learn from your situation, all, you know, good things ultimately in the sense of what people can take away from it. You know, it obviously sucks a lot that you had to go through that, but um, it seems anyways from the outside looking in that, and I, I only ask, you know, how old you are, just kind of get a context on things. Um, I'm 30, you know, I, mm -hmm. um, I think age plays a lot to do with it, you know, in your maturity mm -hmm. and, you know, understanding things. And like my dad, when my dad died when I was 23, like mm -hmm. worst timing ever, you know, I was like just yep. learning about myself and, you know, my yep. dad drank a lot too. And there were lots of things growing up. He was, you know, he, he was an angry alcoholic because of yep. his childhood. And, um, just, I don't, I, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't even know who I was until I was 25, 27 years old. Um, yeah. And yeah, I'm just rambling on at this point, but I get it. You know, I get it. I, yeah. I appreciate where you're coming from. I think, you know, there's a lot to be said about your growth, you know, both as an individual, as the band. Um, you are very close. However, on, on the total contrary, very close with mom, right? I mean. Yeah. Yeah. That's who I live with. I mean, she's like my my partner in crime like she is my she's my superwoman yeah. um we're extremely close we do not have the typical mother-daughter relationship i mean i there when we went through abuse i, I was a very realist my whole life mm -hmm. ever since i was a little kid i mean i think it was a 
was a gift. Um, I really was able to see through the bull crap. Um, that was a survival tactic for me. Um, I know that sounds really intense, um, but it's my reality. And I really pushed my mom to get out of the abuse. Mm-hmm. And we were each other's like crutches to get ourselves out. And um, because of that, we have a level of respect for each other that I think goes beyond mother-daughter, um, which is why it's so easy to live together. It's um, She's my best friend. Um, and we have so much shared together. And she doesn't necessarily fully understand, you know, my abuse. I don't fully understand hers, but I mean, together, we've really been able to um, create this like incredible relationship. I mean, I, I thank God every day for her. Uh, she's the reason that I'm able to pursue this. She believes in, in what I do. So like, even when I don't, um, and, you know, having people like that in your life is how you're going to get through this. Um, and it's, you know, neither one of us have been completely perfect through it, but now that we're both adults and we both kind of come on the other side of it, um, it's, it's been incredible. I mean, she's, she, she's amazing. Um, and like I said, I, I wouldn't be able to pursue music the way I did if it weren't for her. And I wouldn't have been able to get through all of the trauma the way that I did, um, if it weren't for her. Really lucky. Yeah, I love my mom. <laughs> and I love my dad. You know, like it yeah. as as much as that sounds crazy. Doesn't um, sound crazy at all. I get right. it. You can love someone at a distance. You can only, of course. You and and I mean I think I think I mean a child's natural heart is always going to at the end of the day love their blood parents, um, their mother right. and their father. Right. Um, you know, you literally only have one. I mean, you only have one mother and one father and vice versa. Um, you know, your parents only have so many kids. Um, and yeah, I get it. You know, it doesn't matter what they do at the end of the day. There's still love there. You love them. It doesn't mean that you've got to talk to them or, or have a relationship or anything. But at the end of the day, you hope, you know, that they're well and, Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's that. Which it's like the same type of love that I have for everyone. You yeah. know, like it's like I, it's not my job to carry around resentment, but it is yep. my job to do something with it. Um, yep. And he's taught me a lot about forgiveness, and that's taken such a weight off my shoulders um, with people. And I mean, harboring that kind of resentment for your whole life will eat you (laughs) absolutely and um yeah being able to give that up i mean like one of the songs on the album um trying lost and found is another one um about like most of the songs on the album are about my dad like Uh like when people think that i'm resentful um my whole journey has been learning how to forgive him and learning how to reconcile with the fact that 
you still love somebody, but they've made wrong choice after wrong choice after wrong choice. They're not putting your safety above their desires and, and stuff like that. And, and my music is talking about that. It's talking about that person that's dealing with that pain of loving somebody and not being able to get close to them. And I think in some way, everybody's been there. Um, that's why I always bring up the ex because like most people have dated somebody in their life. Um, mm -hmm. And you can still care about somebody and let them go. Um, like I said, obviously a watered down way of putting it. It's like much different, but I say that just so other people can kind of put to context what it is. Right. Um, because there are a lot of people who cut parents out of their lives for no, for not so good reasons. <laughs> um, and it, you know, that sucks, but I think that it's important to vocalize and normalize, um, creating boundaries. Yeah. This is me creating boundaries. My music reflects that. Um, it's never about hate. It's never about this angry person who was wronged once and decided to cut. Listen, this is a whole lifetime of learning, <laughs> learning sure. how to navigate trauma, learning how to navigate people who have mental health issues. Um, but at some point you have to draw the line. Um, and, you know, I, I feel so lucky that I'm able to have a platform where I can talk about these things, where I can communicate my feelings into art and have people, you know, connect with it. And I really don't care if they understand the whole story. I mean, I don't understand what all of my songs mean. People get confused when they, when I say that. And I think a lot of musicians make up what their songs are about, truly. Like, it's the way that I create as an artist is not, here's my story and I'm going to tell it bit by bit. I would be a novelist. I would be writing books. Like, I'm not writing books. I'm expressing feelings. I'm expressing emotions. And, you know, a lot of times when people are asking, like, concrete, like, what is this song about? Like, there is a handful of songs where I can give you, this is what the song's about. Mm -hmm. For the most part, it's just my emotion and it just kind of comes out and then I can kind of understand what the song's about once it's written, but sometimes I don't. Sometimes I still am like, I don't know what that part means. I don't know what this chorus is about, but, and I think that's the beautiful thing about songwriting because and whoever can connect with it, you know, it means whatever to whoever. And that's, that's what it's about. That's, that's how I process my trauma was listening to musicians that were pouring their hearts out. Yep. Having feelings. And I was able to experience my own feelings and that's the beautiful gift of music. And that's, that's what I care about. Like, I don't care about people fully understanding my story. I don't care if people dig in and, want to hear all about my story i think it's great for people who do but i don't that's not like a requirement like if you don't fully understand what i'm doing with my music and my mission state i don't care like as long as you're listening and you're feeling something out of it that's that's it. that's what we're all trying to do no i'm with it i'm i mean we could we could go on and on about that i mean i um I appreciate that. Yeah. And I think everybody that's listening to this conversation and I'm sure everybody that's followed you, you know, from, from the start and all the fans that you've gained along the way. I mean, I'm sure they, you know, that's a big reason why they are 
so loyal to you. You know, that's a big thing. Um, let's change it up a little bit. I appreciate all of that. Um, want to make sure we cover everything. One of those things for sure um, being, you know, obviously we talked a lot about Hello Luna. This is Hello Luna, the band. But you've got a little solo project as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. What, it's, is it Kinney? Kinney. K-I-N-I. Tell me about um, it. Yeah. So I started Kinney um, in the middle of COVID. It's one of those COVID projects like you were talking about. Mm -hmm. And I have a studio, which is part of the Milo Grogan um, Milo Arts, which is here in Columbus. And it's a group of artists who actively work in Columbus. And we were lucky enough to um, get the recording studio. So that's where Hello Luna operates out of. Um, my drummer, Michael, he is the person who runs it. It's called Mars Milo Arts Recording Studio. And long story short, we have access to an entire studio. And all of the guys in my band have day jobs. Um, this is what I do full time. And I supplement my income with like, I am a cosmetologist. So I do like side stuff. Like I'll do people's hair at their houses. Mm -hmm. um, but this is my full time thing. This Hello Luna music, you know, whether it's being on features or whatever, this is what I do full time. And it got to a point where my guys were working so much and I was like, I want to be able to put more time into this. Okay. Like cue Kenny. Mm -hmm. So I Makes did sense. the documentary uh, for Dear Demons. Um, it's just Dear Demons, I'm Coming For You documentary. You can find it on YouTube. And I shot that with a guy named Danny Rogers. And Danny ended up doing the whole entire film for like, like $200, like so cheap. Um, but he heard my story and he really cared about it. And he wanted to make this thing. And he, he did above and beyond for me. And so he's a musician, but he's like a producer. Um, so he makes beats. And so I was like really supportive of what he was doing. He was really supportive of what I was doing. And he had basically done me a massive solid. Um, so he asked me to be featured on one of his tracks. And of course I was like, of course, like without a doubt, like he come into the studio, I'll do it like basically for free. Um, because he had, you know, basically done a lot of work for me for free. So it was just kind of like this pass off of like whatever. So we're working in the studio together and we just popped out like eight songs. And he, like, I'm consistent. Like, once I start working on something, like my guys are there twice a week and we are working on something. If it's rehearsing, if it's songwriting, if it's usually we're in the studio, like either mixing, like we're doing something. Um, and so I said, okay, Wednesdays, that's, that's when we're going to get together and we're going to work on these features. And then finally, um, Danny was like, you know what, like, you're really taking this over. Do you want this to be like your solo thing? And he's like, you can brand it, you can do whatever, and we can just continue to pump out these songs. And I'm like, sure. But I, I had never even considered it. Um, 
so what I like, Danny is also a videographer. He used to do music videos. He doesn't do that as much now. Um, he works for a really awesome company called Pixlight, um, which is like a vid video editing app. Uh, so he doesn't do the music videos <laughs> quite as much. Um, but because of that, we're able to create content for virtually free. Um, so it's like the perfect storm. We have the recording studio, we have the videographer. Um, so it's super easy. Plus Danny works remotely. So when it comes time to like going on the road, he's there, we can just go. Um, and because it's just me and a producer, um, touring is really easy. Um, which, you know, that, that was kind of the whole intention behind it is like, I love Hello Luna and Hello Luna is my main focus. However, um, touring is really difficult. Um, I just sold our band van because it got to a point where it was like, it's not big enough. Um, for all of our equipment, um, I'd like to get a van that I can put bunks in um, so that we don't need to be getting hotels everywhere we go. And um, like with, with just having two people, it's a lot easier. Um, so if you listen to Kenny, you're going to hear it's much different than Hello Luna um, because Danny's a much different producer than the guys in Hello Luna. Um, it's a dark pop project. Um, it's definitely like in its very early stages. We've released two songs, uh, Big Teeth and Better Off Now. Um, which both are going to be accompanied by music videos. The Big Teeth music video is out now. Uh, the Better Off Now video is coming. And then we have another single on deck. Um, and we have like eight other songs that are going to be released throughout the year. But it's been incredible to find myself in another project. Any musicians that are listening, I mean, everybody comes to that point, you know, they throw themselves into a project and they realize, oh my gosh, I am not totally creatively fulfilled. Um, I want to move on to something else. So for myself, I've been, I've been an active musician for over 10 years. What I feel most fulfilled, most fulfilled by is lyrics and melody. That's what I care about. Somebody else can make the music. I, composition is, I can do it. Like, give me a guitar, give me a piano, I'll make the, like, I would rather somebody come in and make it better. Like, I am not, like, super hard set on those aspects. Um, I just love creating music with lyrics and melody. So when Danny came along and I was able to just fully focus on just the lyrics and just the melody, I felt like I was like creating or like in like these creative spaces that I had never reached before. Um, I was tapping into things that I wasn't tapping into before and it was really exciting. Um, and the songs, like some of them, I don't think they'll all be released because they are weird. Like I'm definitely in that phase of my career where I'm like getting really weird with my music. Uh -huh. um, but it's, I feel super creatively inspired. So Danny actually joined Hello Luna um, because I basically looked at what I was doing with Kenny and listened to the feedback that I got about our last album, um, Into Static. Feedback was obviously great by people who knew us. 
But by people who didn't know us, the feedback was, oh my gosh, I would have loved this in high school. Oh my gosh, this sounds like an early 2000s album. Oh my, and it was just like, okay, I, I, I think we're becoming dated. I think our sound is actually like, it needs to be kind of modernized, which I love the music that we created and having like, look at Vita Van Fleet or whatever, like they're, they're not of the times and they're still rocking it. But I, the reception that I was getting from Kenny was, oh, I could hear this on the radio. Oh, you know what? Like this is, this is the kind of music I listen to. And I kept hearing that. And I go, okay, that's awesome. And I love Kenny and I love Hello Luna. But what if I kind of brought Kenny elements into Hello Luna? So right now, that's where we're at. We haven't released any music like that. We're still, I have so much going on right now that I'm dying to get into the studio to write. I'm dying to like actually do that because I've been talking about it so much and I'm a little superstitious. I'm like, you shouldn't talk about things before you do them. But I've been talking about it so much because like that's where my heart is set. Um, So basically like we want to modernize the sound, um, which is a normal thing for bands to do. We're not selling out. Jeez, I do literally everything. It's impossible for me to sell out. But (laughs) I want to take the reception Kenny has received and put that into Hello Luna. And I'm still going to run both projects independently. but like I'm going on tour and what I'm doing is instead of taking the entire band out, I'm taking Danny, who's the guy from Kenny who just joined Hello Luna and my bass player Mitch and me. And we're basically doing like stripped down versions of Hello Luna songs and then intermixed with some Kenny songs. And that's how I'm going to be touring. Um, because financially it just doesn't make sense for me to take all the guys on the road right now. Um, but it, I can handle it with a few of them. So that's what I've decided to do. And we're going to basically just kind of like test these songs out. Um, I'm going to be playing the Kenny songs for the first time, literally going on tour and I'm like, let's do it. (laughs) Let's just try it. Cause during COVID, um, I don't know if you had a chance to listen to the reimagined album. Um, but I can perform the reimagined album with just backing tracks and my vocals so that kind of got me used to doing that and yeah be now i can do whatever yeah. that'll uh that'll be interesting i'm i'm excited to see how that tour plays out for you i mean i um i know when, when we were talking off the recording you've got some other stuff planned as well down the road yeah. and um yeah I'm, I'm i'm looking forward to it i think you're gonna have a a good fall and winter and um one thing i've got wrote down here that i know you're all over i always see you posting reels um oh yeah you guys have some music videos um are you the mastermind behind the the reels and the music videos or where does that all come from so i am solely in charge of all the social media um that's basically what i do all day um and I've really started putting a hyper focus on TikTok and Reels. Um, so what I was doing for a while is I was taking my um, like Instagram stories and Reels 
and putting them onto TikTok. And what I realized that the algorithm wants is TikToks to go onto Reels. Um, so figure out what I just said there. You know, it's kind of a riddle, but basically, it I sucks. These- but it's it's oh, so yeah. true. Like it, it's um, it's a game you have to play. You have to. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're a small artist and you don't have some crazy connection, you got to do it. Yep. So what I do is I create TikToks um, and I've been on there for a couple months and it sucked at first, but now they just come to me and it's easy. You know, it's built into my day. And what I do is I post a TikTok and then I, you can just Google, uh, take watermark off of TikTok. You take the link from your TikTok, you put it <laughs> into the watermark thing, off of TikTok. Literally, you, you, you think it's funny, but it, it works. No, I, I believe it. I 100% believe it. Uh, and I take the watermark off of my TikTok because if you post it onto Instagram with the watermark, they're going to cut your views. They, they, it could be the best TikTok ever. They're going to cut your views. And you can download an HD version of it. So when mm-hmm. I was downloading it from TikTok, it just gave me this crummy quality. The vocals barely matched up with the audio. It was crummy. This, you download, I downloaded it on my desktop. I airdrop it to my phone. I post it on Instagram. On Instagram, I don't use hashtags. Um, I just kind of put it out there. And basically, um, you don't have to, like, Reels is not like TikTok. Like, you don't have to use real sounds. Like, you can take sound. Like, you don't have to worry about all the stuff you worry about on TikTok. You literally just post on Instagram. It's the simplest thing. And I got 30,000 views the other day on, like, the stupidest, like, seven second video on a um, on a tiktok or a reel on a reel i'm actually doing better on instagram reels than i am on tiktok now i'm building a better community Every, everybody TikTok. says that like everybody that yeah. is pretty consistent with their reels on instagram always says the same thing like i get a lot more traction with my reels than anything um i just haven't now, figured it out myself yet the, the crummy thing is that I'm getting more views with my reels. However, I am not getting followers. So if I yeah. get like a, like a couple hundred likes, I'll get like two followers out of it. Whereas mm. on on TikTok, if people are liking my stuff, my followers are going up. Um, so my community is a lot better on TikTok. I'm getting, but like the thing is, is like if you're doing paid ads, you're not looking for followers. You're just looking for eyes. So like, you have to look at it as that, like, like I am just trying to get my name out there. I'm trying to get hello Luna in front of your face as much as humanly possible, as annoying as that is. Um, so, you know, I, you still have to be creating and nurturing fan base, um, long form content, posting about like your live shows and stuff like that. But don't be afraid to just take a stupid sound and make a dumb video. I mean, it works. Um, yeah. That's where I've gotten the most traction. And yeah, I do that all the time. <laughs> I yeah. do it constantly. Nice I like yeah. it. Nice. Um, shout outs. I know you've mentioned a few names, but um, there might be some more, you know, as far as the guys in Hello Luna, you know, any. For sure producers uh people let all you know that we haven't talked about yeah so my videos are actually um i'll go down the ranking i work a lot with a guy named ross um 
Steinstein, T-H-E-I-S-E-N. Um, sorry, Ross, I still can't pronounce your last name. Um, <laughs> he works for a company called um, G... I'm not even going to try to remember it. Um, look, look at our uh, Mind Games music video, and it has all the stuff. I work with that team a lot. So that team does my promos. They do my advertising, like my big advertising stuff. Um, So like for my campaigns, my single and album campaigns, they're doing, they're behind the scenes of all that. Um, And uh, my photographer is from that team, um, like who does our live shows. And they're, they're incredible. So GC... I believe it's GCEP, um, and they're great. You can look up at um, who's Ross T H E I S E N, um, and he'll have it linked on his Instagram. They're incredible. They've been a huge part of our brand development. He created Helena's logo. He created our color palette. Everything. I mean, those guys are just so far beyond what. I could ever come up with they did um i had a whole production for the mind games music video um and that's where i met them all so the the bts guy he was at a release show shooting bts you know behind the scenes like to do a reel of it and the photographer um he ended up being like he's who we go to for all of our concert photography and our promos they're awesome um so my drummer um michael newmeyer he's the person who kind of started hello luna with me he um i basically bring him a song and he creates you know the hello luna touch um he has been composing music since he's been in high school and he does everything he does drums bass guitar anything anything and everything um he's like a mad genius um the guys in the band and i just respect the heck out of him he's actually the one who owns Mars Milo Arts Recording Studio, where we work out of. We're super lucky to have him on our team. He's amazing. Um, then my bass player is uh, Mitch Hammer Hammerhorn. Um, he's awesome. And then my um, my lead guitarist, Eric Morgan. He's incredible. Um, everyone you play, loves his right. You play, right? Yeah. Not, yeah. Yeah. So I don't play lead. That's not me. <laughs> I play That's rhythm right. guitar. Yeah, I play I play rhythm guitar and I sing. Um, and then I mean we've talked a lot about Danny Rogers. Uh yep. he is basically our synth guy, our backing track, our pad guy. He does it all. Yeah. Um, and then we get all of our masters done by Brian Lucy. Um, he's a he used to be in Columbus. He's now in LA. He's worked with huge names. Um, and we've also worked with Capitol House here in Columbus. Um, with um, They're incredible. I mean, Nick Ingram is, if you're doing alternative rock, you should look at Capitol House with Nick Ingram. Um, it's funny because he's got his like group that he works with. And I see like a lot, like, other studios that people are working with a lot more, but he is amazing. Um, he, he's done a lot to um, polish out our sound. And honestly, I could go on and on, um, but those are sure. definitely the people on my team that um, have really made an impact and, and been like a huge part of. Got to make of sure they get a note. Hello, Luna. 
Yeah. Yeah. And also like if you're an indie band, you're just starting out really focus on your connections. Um, try to be consistent with the people you're working with um, and develop a team. It makes things so much quicker. Um, know the person you're going to go to for advertising material. Know the person you're going to go to for, you know, recording. Like it, it's good to have streamlined stuff because right now the name of the game is getting the music out. Yep. Not the albums, not the EP. Get a song out consistently yep. like bi-monthly like that's how that's how we're keeping up it sucks yeah um, no it not it, <laughs> it does it's uh you know it's like we talked about with social media i mean it's just a game you got to play um all around but you've got a good i mean very good grasp on it um only thing i got left on my list here that i think makes sense on the way out is What's next? You know, what's what's next for Hello Luna, for for Kinney, for you as a human, um, yeah. all around? What's next for you? So, for Hello Luna, we are actually putting out an acoustic version of Indostatic. So that's what I'm going into the studio right after I get off this call to work the on the mixing song or the album. The song. Okay. This song, I was gonna do more songs off the album, but I'm so eager to jump into like writing new music that I'm like, no, we're gonna get sidetracked, and then we're gonna get into the winter. Like, no, I one song is what we're doing now. Um, so it's into static, just the song. We've stripped it down. We're gonna do an acoustic version of it, um, just because we haven't. And I come from an acoustic background. I was a singer songwriter. I performed acoustically yeah. as my start. So I think it's like kind of like, it, I think it's fitting that I do an acoustic song. Um, it's not yeah. just, it's not just acoustic guitar and vocals. I mean, we've really put a lot of production behind it, obviously, but it's going to be like a stripped down version. I'm really excited about that. That's going to be our next single that comes out. And then um, moving. Do you have forward, a, do you have a date on that? Can the people know? If not, it's okay. No. So not yet it, it's slated probably sometime in september october perfect um cool. so this fall this fall yeah. it'll be coming out and then um we have august 18th in cincinnati august 20th in nashville august yeah tour dates tour dates what we got yeah august 21st is our live stream august 26th is our columbus date and then we just booked some stuff in new jersey i'm trying to book a show in new york and basically cool. yeah we're gonna be on a festival in new jersey so i'm trying to route in october so i'm trying to route a tour into that yeah. um and then october 9th we have a whole at house of blues and we're doing a women's benefit show that's the one with trust mm -hmm. um so we're booking as much as possible. So if anybody is listening to this um, and they want to either work with us or their tour, their like band is trying to go on tour and they're at a similar level, let's talk. Um, because I'm just trying to find the right people to connect with for that. I haven't been able to tour for two freaking years because thanks COVID. Yep. So <laughs> I'm starting from square one and a lot of my freaking promoters and a lot of my venues have shut down. So I'm like, I feel like a brand new band. I'm like, oh my gosh, everything I have built up is like gone. Mm -hmm. So I've been really lucky. Um, 
people have been super supportive of that. Um, and like I said, trust that band um, from Cleveland and I have been really putting our heads together. And I think we're going to try to put a tour together soon. So new music for Hello Luna. And for Kenny, uh, we have a music video coming out. Uh, we are going to be on that tour as well uh, because it's the same people. <laughs> we're going to be playing like two songs. But um, we have another song coming out as well. No, no official date on that yet. And then um, for me personally, I am just trying to take breaks and breathe and um, enjoy life a little bit more. You know, I was like a workhorse yeah. for a while and I'm trying to go. I love to travel. I'm trying to travel and yeah. be, find myself and just be Correct happy. me if I'm wrong. You di I, I want to say you just went on a vacation, didn't you? Yeah. I, I feel like yeah, I just saw you at the beach. Yeah, I was. I've been... I'm going to clock so many hours at the beach this year. It's insane. Um, I think I'm clocking over a month at the beach. That's I was just nothing in, wrong with that. Nope. Nope. I was just yeah. in Destin like two, two months ago. And then last week I was in Longbow Key with my family. We do a Yeah, I, I, I remember there. seeing you like, uh, do you have a dog? No, so that's my my family just bought a dog and they snuck the dog into the resort and I was the happiest person in the whole. But world. you were holding the dog in a picture, like. Uh, yeah. Okay, Most, I thought so. Yeah, that is their dog, and that was staying at the res the puppy is a little Shih Tzu, and mm -hmm. it was staying at the resort with yep, us. Yep, yep. Uh, was going to the beach with us. Was going shopping with us. Was going out to dinner with us. The dog oh, was great. my vacation. That was so <laughs> fun. Yeah. No, I had such a great time. That's great. No, you deserve it. I mean, that's, you know, as, as cheesy as it sounds, I mean, as much as you're putting into it, you know, you've got to take time for yourself. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of stress, a lot of work, long hours yeah. um, that goes into putting all that together. Um, 100%. Anything else at all that we didn't hit yeah. on that you want to make sure we hit? You know, I think we hit it on so many things. Um, honestly, if you've made it this far, follow my band at Hello Luna Band across all social media. Um, oh, yeah. If you're interested in my social, uh, my my solo project, it's at Hi I'm Kinney, K-I-N-I. -I. Um, so go follow those two. I'm super active, like we've been talking about on those platforms. So if you follow them, you're going to be up to date with everything. And that's pretty much it. Um, yeah. And both of those will be in the podcast description. Um, one click away. It's 2022. I always say this in my podcast now. It's like, you know, it's 2022. If you don't know how to go to Instagram and find somebody, I don't know what to tell yeah. you, you know. <laughs> but at the same time, I want to make, make it easy for people. And um, I got a lot out of this. I know the people that, you know, are listening absolutely will get something out of this. Um, you know, as I said, appreciate you being vulnerable. I know you've done it before, but um, yeah. it's important. You know, uh, yeah. we talked about that. There are uh, a lot of people, I'm sure, that, that have been through something similar that you, you've been through that might not want to speak up or this or that, you know, and they might be listening to your music. They might listen to this. Um, and, and you know, this, you know, this, that's why you do it. Yeah. Um, 
exactly to, to try to help people and make that connection and yeah we could go on and on i appreciate you very much kenzie that's uh kenzie yeah. of hello luna columbus ohio and kenny and just a great person been through lots um rooting for you i can't wait to see what's next thank you so much for coming on thank you for having me no doubt no doubt always yeah so if you didn't get anything out of that one uh, i'm assuming you just weren't listening or didn't hear it literally (laughs) a lot of obviously you know not only musically but life experience and and a wealth of knowledge and and um again just thank kenzie there for her openness and and sharing all of that and um yeah i know you're able to get um, those of you listening you know quite a bit out of that and you know if you're somebody who and there's been a number of people on this podcast who fall into this category now kenzie included um who are great role models for you if you are somebody out there who is you know struggling you know to get your music rolling or been through some things and and don't know how to turn it into a positive artistic energy uh, there's a lot of things to learn always um and and, you know like i said kenzie's another great example of that um i won't ramble and spew on as i always do um i think i did enough of that at the beginning and um, it was a long conversation there for you and got all the tunes here and i just appreciate everybody for uh for always coming in and, and chiming in and um yeah, for just listening. I mean, it's, um, yeah, I'm like I said, I'm not, obviously I, I, I almost got my tongue rolling again, but, uh, stopped myself. <laughs> um, I appreciate y'all so much. Like I said, um, now, uh, in terms of the, the podcast schedule coming up, it's going to get a little funky. Uh, I don't know about funky, but I think we're going to have actually two podcast episodes a week now. Um, so I am doing a ton of interviews. I had, uh, took me a minute to kind of figure out how I wanted to get it all set up. But finally, I'm doing a ton of interviews, three every Wednesday night now. So I'm going to have a lot more podcasts to publish. All of that being said, I think I'm going to have two every week and the next one, August 15th, which is Monday. Uh, that's going to be with Fremont Pike out of Michigan. Um, they are a punk rock band. Um, really had a good conversation with uh, with those guys and can't wait to have them on as well. Um, and then what's after that? I believe I put it on Instagram. Yeah, I put it on Instagram. So go check that out. You know how to do that. Uh, and speaking of that, of course, make sure you follow Hello Luna. Uh, make sure you follow... Um, on Spotify, on Instagram, all that good stuff. Um, you know what the importance of that is. I don't need to reiterate that 50 times over every single episode. All that stuff's in the podcast description there. Um, again, I thank Kenzie. I thank Hello Luna. I thank everybody for tuning in. My name is Kevin Vargo, host of the Midpark Music Podcast. On the way out here, we are going to go ahead and listen to another single off of the uh, Hello Luna Into Static album, uh, which was, which currently, excuse me, is the number one streamed song uh, on Spotify for Hello Luna. Uh, and that is Haywire. So, uh, and that was released first off as a single in September of 2021, already coming up on a year since that, which is pretty crazy since, uh, you know, we're, we're heading into the fall here and yeah, you know I me, mean? I don't, you know, I always talk about the time, but, um, yep, we're going to go ahead and listen to Haywire here on the way out. Thank you as always for tuning in. We will see you next time. Don't-